The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only and is a generalization of common DIY projects. Each home project may encounter unforeseen issues with specific circumstances that may not be covered in discussion on this program. This program makes no representations as to the completeness of the information and expressly disclaims any implied warranties as to the fitness of the information to any particular purpose. Before starting any projects, it's recommended the homeowner research the skills and proper materials necessary, as well as any and all local requirements for permits. If there is any doubt, it is advised a licensed contractor be consulted prior to commencing your particular project. unusual name, the train. How did your family come by it? We changed it in the ninth century. You mean you changed it to the train? Yeah. Used to be shit house. <laughs> Robin Hood men in tights. <laughs> Welcome to Dream Home Ninjas. I'm Mike. I'm Keith. And I'm Josh. And today we're going to talk about the crapper. Toilets. The loo. Poopers. The shitter. <laughs> Latrine. <laughs> the comfort room. Yeah. God. Commode. The water closet. Yes, the water closet. WC for all you, uh, you know, gamers out there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's talk about the history of the crapper. The crapper? Isn't that a dude? That was a dude. That was a dude. Thomas. Dude. What a name, Old you Thomas. know, to go down in history as... The crapper. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've talked about him for a long time. What was it, 1860 something? Yeah. But he didn't really develop it. It was already in existence before him. Yeah, he, he just made it better. He designed a bunch of stuff, got a bunch of patents in the 1860s for uh, one of the princes of London or England or whatever, right? Yes. But toilets have been around a lot longer than that. Romans. 2000 BC. The Chinese, they're amazing for that stuff. India, Pakistan had um, toilets. They had a network of sewers. Wow. Yeah. Amazing, right? Yeah. You know what's really cool? With the invention of paper came toilet paper. Almost identically. No. Yeah, 16th century. Wow. Big news. Well, most people used to use the outhouse and use the Sears catalog. Well, yeah, but I'm talking like or, before that. Or corn cob. Oh, God. That's <laughs> terrible. Do you eat it what before did you say or before after? the show? <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned the Romans. They actually used to uh, make it a gathering place. Yeah. We yeah. shit together. That's right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wrong into the stick. Yes. <laughs> Explain that a little bit more because I don't understand that. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like the Romans, they used to gather together and it, it was a social gathering to take a crap. And the cleaning method was there was a little like trough that water would go through and a stick in there with a sponge on the end of it. And you take that out and clean your business and then put it back in, in the trough to be cleaned off by running water. And <laughs> sometimes you'd put it in upside down and grab the running end of the stick. <laughs> oh, that is um, the shit stick, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, what uh, fun we can have with toilets. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was an interesting invention to go, you know what? I just want water to wash away my poop. Right. <laughs> well, it was like a bench and it was just holes in it. Yeah. People would just sit around and gather around this bench and take their poop. What was it, the 1700s when the predecessor to the P-trap was invented? Yeah, but even in the uh, medieval Renaissance time in castles, they would have a hole that would be on the side of the building and they, it would just drop down to the side of the castle. Yeah. yeah. So they had toilets, uh, they're not flushable toilets at that time. And then it kept moving on, and they came up with the um, flushable toilets. I still like the pre-Black Plague method, just crap in a bucket and toss it out the window. Yeah, <laughs> It was just nasty smelling, and London went through a huge renovation to try to fix that because they lost, it was almost half their population, 40% of their population passed away because of the Black Plague. But there's a lot of amazing history in London area for the Black Plague. The disease was carried by ticks. People would just get bit by one and they would get the Black Plague. And it was a very quick death. So modern toilets in the 1800s is really when it started taking more popularity in modern America. Before that, it was outhouses. Yeah. Let's dig a hole, put a house over the top of it. It's a shit house. That is essentially a porta potty. I mean, it's not a hole dug in the ground. It's like a tank at the bottom of it. But the outhouse is essentially alive and living well in plastic instead of wood. Absolutely. In the porta potties. Correct. Yeah. I, actually, where I go camping, it's um, real roughing it. It is a wood building that has a wood seat in it and just has a toilet seat on top of it in a hole. Wow. They dig a hole underneath it and they just move it every year to a different location, dig a hole and keep it in the same area. Wow. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's really rough in it because <laughs> splinters are rough. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I do miss my bidet seat for my toilet. See, now there's an avenue of running water and flushable toilets that I just didn't see coming. <laughs> when you look down the path of history and you go, yeah, let's get water to take it away. Hey, why don't we have water spray us in the butt to clean it? <laughs> right. Well, it's more sanitary. Yeah. Think of it this way. If you had... And, and this was the Toto rep that comes to talk to us and how he explained it. Say you have chocolate cake and you get it on your arm. Mm -hmm. Are you going to just wipe it off or, well, most people are going to lick it off, I would assume. <laughs> That's chocolate cake, though. I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you got it on your arm, you would actually wash it off. Yeah. Why aren't we washing ourselves? It's more sanitary, more hygienic. A lot of people have gone to wet wipes. Yeah, and that just causes tons of problems. Dude wipes. Dude wipes. They're called dude wipes. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, what was that commercial too? There was there was a big commercial that they were like, yeah, you know, first I wipe with toilet paper and then I finish up with wipes. I call it the uh, clean sweep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, I don't care what the box says. Even if it says plumber approved wet wipes, don't use them. Do not flush them. Not even at one at a time. And that's from a plumber who does not approve. Yes, I am <laughs> very much disapproving wet wipes. I don't approve it. Even though it gives us a lot of money, and that's why plumbers don't really say anything. That's why they approve. It's, it's lots of money. <laughs> but for this DIY show... Keep it real. Keeping it real, don't use them. Yeah. If you are going to use them, put them in a garbage can next to the toilet or get the diaper genie or something to dispose of it. Do not throw it in the toilet. Same with 
feminine products. Prophylactics. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I had a chiropractor office just barely in the city. He would back up with sewage in the chiropractic office every year because of that. Mm. Patients would come in and they would flush feminine products every every year. Yeah. Finally, he got a more permanent fix, but it was disgusting. And I mean, it, <laughs> it cost him a lot of business flushing stuff that you shouldn't be flushing. Absolutely. Uh, paper towels, uh, a lot of yep. a lot of bathrooms, commercial bathrooms, paper towels are a huge issue because people will take them from by the sink and then take it into the stall and flush them down the toilet. Well, now also the thicker ply toilet paper. Oh, the super, yes. Yeah, the Charmins and the Cottonelles and stuff like that where they're the triple ply. Yeah, yeah I've been- Kill I've been on sponsorship with them, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, By the way, anybody wanting to sponsor this show, please call us, Charmin. We'll, we'll look forward <laughs> to your call. <laughs> but I've been on several jobs where they only have like a three-inch pipe, cast iron. They're flushing double and triple ply or mm-hmm. quadruple ply or whatever the heck that stuff comes in. And sure enough, it'll cause clogs back up. Right. You know, major issues. With older piping um, systems, older houses, yeah, absolutely you get rust happening, corrosion happening in some of the old cast iron pipes. It easily can grab onto things. And if you got that heavy-duty toilet paper, it don't break down very fast. It takes a very long time. Mm-hmm. So then you get these things called a soft blockage. Soft sewer, yeah. Soft sewer. And sometimes that's even very hard to get clear because it, you poke it and it just collapses on itself. So you keep going after it and you see it go down. Oh, I, I got it fixed. You put the toilet back on and go to flush it and it backs right up again. Man. It's very costly. It's costing a lot of Americans, probably a lot of people all over the world, a lot of money to maintain their sewers because of these products. Now they've regulated the water on the toilets. Very true. Years and years ago, it was five-gallon toilets. Yeah, let's flush that five gallons down the drain. <laughs> I've worked on five-gallon toilets. I'm sure you have, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. They're the old-school wall mount with the flush shell. They look so cool. It's the whole old-school thing. They flush great. Yeah. But the problem is it's five gallons of water. (laughs) Now, back in the 90s here in the United States, the Energy Policy Act of 1992, which became a law in 1994, mandates a maximum flush volume of 1.6 gallon per toilet. And that was just so horrible for our industry. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody needed a plunger then. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) Here's your new toilet. Here's a plunger. Yeah, and there was five-gallon toilets. (laughs) Then there's the three, three three-and-a-half-gallon toilets, the old American standards. There's all the different brands that were out there from years and years ago that that are still in use today Yeah, that I see in houses. They're great, and the customers love them. They're like, I don't want to get rid of it. I don't want to get rid of it because of the fact it flushes so great. But in the end, you're just spending more money on water. A lot of money on water. Yeah. Right. What are we down to now for gallons per flush? 0. 0.8. 0.8? That is the least amount of water you can use. I got a one-gallon toilet. Yeah, they make one-gallon toilets. I got a toilet from Toto. It's a one-gallon flush toilet. It is awesome. I has not plugged up on me. By the way, Toto... We are looking for sponsors. <laughs> and, and that ties in with Toto, with what Mike is talking about. That ties in with the, the water conservation. Yes. Toto is a Japanese company. Yeah. They have been doing the water conservation for far longer than what we have done here in the United States. Yeah. They've had the chance to actually perfect this system. Exactly. Correct. For years where these other American companies are just now catching up. In the 90s, when our laws changed to the 1.6... They said, okay, boom, we're going to Atlanta. 
Time to enter the market in the United States. Yeah. Mm. They built a factory in Atlanta, Georgia, and started that, and they started working in our territory and with their perfected toilets. The reason why they're so good is because they have perfected it, and yeah. they've, they have so many different add-ons into their toilet with the porcelain. Essentially, streak stains won't stay on the porcelain. Wow. Yeah, and it's much more hygienic overall. And they were the first ones to develop the bidet toilet seat. Yeah. yeah. It's actually a seat that you just add to your existing toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that one you installed uh, for a customer we worked on, yes. the bathroom remodel. Yes, that was absolutely. the coolest thing ever. It had like lights in it. And lights it in it, it blow dries your bum. It, it, for ladies, it does their front end. <laughs> like it, it changes the temperature of the water, the heat, seats heated. Like there's so many cool things about it. You're talking a lot of money it's, for one of those. It's an add-on seat. Correct. It, like you can put it on just about any toilet. Absolutely. That's yeah. that was awesome. And Kohler also does have one too. Yeah. I'm just very fond of Toto. <laughs> yeah, and for guys who like remote controls, I mean, yes, it's, it's fun. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So it's that. That's the big thing on that. But we're as a country, we're really playing catch up on any kind of water conservation. Most certainly, yeah. Because I've seen washer and dryer units that literally are an all-in-one unit. You throw the clothes in, it washes the the clothes, it dries the clothes, and instead of there being like steam that comes out like it is here in the U.S. for the most part, Mm -hmm. it actually reconverts it back into water and dumps it into the sink. And it uses much less water than American units, and it's more compact, it's smaller. We're kind of behind the curve when it comes to water conservation. Most certainly. Let's take a few-minute break for a few words from our sponsor here on... 21.6 The Net, here at Slipstream Studio. Yeah, I got to use the toilet. The John? Yeah. The Crapper? The Crapper. (laughs) (laughs) Let's Go Racing airs Monday from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Mike Babich, the voice of Wilmot Raceway, talks all things racing, from the dirt tracks of Wisconsin to the big tracks of NASCAR. See how Mike brings you a daily dose of encouragement using all left-hand turns, brought to you through the financial support of Wilmot Raceway. For more information on Wilmot Raceway, visit www.wilmotraceway.com. All right, we're back here in the Slipstream Studios. This is the Dream Home Ninjas on 21.6 in that. And we're talking about toilets, crappers, johns. Oh, my God. Latrine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we changed, changed the name from the shithouse. <laughs> <laughs> so with these lower flow toilets that we were talking about, we have to be careful on the, the systems we're putting it on, too, because like you were talking about, Keith, that the lower flow is also causing problems, especially if you have a system that was not designed to handle that little bit of water Mm-hmm. All their piping. We talked about stuff hanging up inside of there. The same thing with your water and solids that are going through the piping will cause it to block up. Right. Talking about toilets, waterless toilets, that's the compost toilet. It's pretty much you defecate into a churn type thing. You do your business and then you turn a wheelbarrow style like bucket. Oh, you hand turn this. Yeah, you do that. You crank your toilet. Crank your <laughs> toilet. Yeah. <laughs> It's a kind of like a wood product that's in there, like a pellet product that will break all of that down. Now, also, there are those toilets that you can use in basements. I've, I've heard of them in Wisconsin. We talked about them on one of the previous shows. Right. That have an injector pump essentially built into the base of them that, you know, pumps it up and out so you don't have to crack into the concrete. Correct. But that's not code. In Illinois and other places in the world, there's a very good possibility that it would be able to be used. Yeah. 
for me, because I come on the, the water damage and sewer cleanup, sewer mess cleanup side of things, any additional mechanical device added into the system is just another point of failure. Correct. Which is where I'm not a fan of like ejector pumps in the overhead sewers, but I know that's becoming more standard for different reasons. Right. And that's more of like city backups, which I run into much less frequently than I do ejector pump failure. Right. I don't know where your thoughts on that whole. It's not a toilet. <laughs> but it's where the toilet goes. <laughs> yes and no. There is a lot of areas that really need overhead sewer because the infrastructure is combined with stormwater. So when it rains, that is where you get more potential of the water backing up to the house. Yeah. I mean, in the city, I know that happens a lot. That's a whole different separate show. And when yeah. we get into the rainy season, that will be talked about. Let's talk about some basics on toilets, some troubleshooting on toilets that homeowners can do themselves, that kind of stuff. On my end, wax rings is really the biggest thing that I see fail. Yes. Uh, homeowners, just like rotting your sewer line, often have no idea that this is a piece that should be replaced periodically. Not really. No? A wax ring should be just fine. The problem comes in when the bolts loosen up at the bottom of your toilet and your toilet mo starts moving. Your toilet rocks. If you sit on your toilet and you can rock back and forth, you got a problem. That wax ring will move and shift, and then that's where you're going to have a problem with the water coming over or through having an issue at that point. So if your toilet does not rock at all, a wax ring should last, what, 100 years? Could. Wow. I know you, Keith, the brick, <laughs> <laughs> you prefer the, uh, the no wax ring. Well, now that is something newer. When I came over to Jay's Plumbing, Mike actually brought that in. I'd never seen it before. Mm -hmm. Putty was the standard for me. Wax rings, now putty and wax rings. I was always taught wax rings, and this is good for the homeowners. If you're going to reset your toilet, if you have a natural stone floor, okay, that's marble, maybe granite, who knows, right? Marble, that's a natural stone. You're going to see that in the bathroom, okay? A natural stone floor, you have to use a wax ring. You cannot use a putty mm. because the natural stone is porous. The putty has oil in it, and it will stain the natural stone floor. Oh. There are, um, like you're talking about, it's a, it's called a wax-free toilet seal. They make them in different sizes for three-inch and the different types of piping that you can use, PVC, there's uh, DWV copper for drain waste and vent stuff. There's different ones. I like those on new installs. Okay. Reason being because they're really nice and neat, clean, and it just makes it much more of an easier install. It helps insert the drain from the toilet into the piping so there's no gap. It seals to the bottom of the toilet. Correct. It's a, a like an adhesive. Yeah, sticky adhesive, yeah. The first time I heard about it, I was at another company that I was at. I was kind of leery about it at first, and um, they told me that they tested it at one of their houses. It was under construction, and they had to pull the toilet over and over again because they were remodeling the bathroom and the kitchen. Every day they were pulling the toilet. Well, they pulled that toilet 12 times without having to replace anything. Wow. Because that seal stayed glued to the bottom of that toilet. Wow. And that also works because when you pull a toilet, there's a, it's called a closet collar. A closet collar should be technically sitting on the top of the finished surface floor. The flange right. is supposed to be there. Right. Too many people are running and rushing through their plumbing work and trying to get stuff done. So during construction- New construction. New construction, remodeling, they will set it right on the subfloor and that gives you a larger gap. If you're using more than one wax ring, there is a problem. 
Yeah, new construction companies will do it because they don't want to call the plumber back to reset the right. toilet because the plumber costs more than their cheap ass handyman. Or the floor guy does it. I have seen that where they'll hire a plumber to come in for a big construction company, do all the rough in, and then they'll hire a handyman who's dirt cheap to come in and install the toilets after the fact. Mm. <laughs> so they ask the plumber to install the flange straight onto the subfloor just because they're being cheap. And then doing extended flanges, they do make extended flanges not really recommended because you still have a gap between each one of those flanges. Mm -hmm. um, you have to really silicone those down to each other and let it dry before you're setting everything out on it. It's a longer time process than, hey, I'm going to put a flange on top of this to extend it. Or you just do a double wax ring, right? Well, they do make foam ones now that are on there. Those are in some ways okay, some ways they're not because you're constantly putting tension on the toilet. There's a lot of different products out there. Just be cautious on when you're using them. The key thing for our listener at home is the wobble yeah. on the toilet. If you have a wobble, call somebody to fix that correctly. Correct. That would be the biggest takeaway from that part. Things that you can also do to check is put food coloring in the back of your tank of your toilet. You can check to see if you're wasting water because there's rubber, gaskets, seals inside that toilet. You can have a small trickle through your toilet that you don't even know about that can cost you hundreds of dollars a year. My mother-in-law had that. Actually, the water company or whatever the city yeah. called her because she was wasting a ton of water. Absolutely. And all it was was the little seal at the back of the tank wasn't connecting anymore. It was all cracked and corroded and the little plastic thing. I popped that out, put a new one in, and she's good to go. A good way to test it after you do any kind of repair inside the toilet is putting a few drops of food coloring in there and let it sit inside the tank for as long as you possibly can. Come back in a half hour and then look in the bowl to see if there's any dye in there. Sometimes you'll see just a little stream in there. Sometimes it will be all the color that you use. Wow. The seals and everything inside of a toilet do wear out after about five years, I would say, because... The city chlorinates the water that's coming to our right. house. Chlorine is very aggressive on any kind of rubber parts. Rubber and plastic deteriorate under the chlorination inside your tank. That's where you're going to get the seals to warp and twist and allow water to seep through. Sometimes it is better to upgrade to a new toilet than rebuild. It's better to upgrade and get a new toilet because there's newer technologies out there now that work a lot better. This is the Dream Home Ninjas, and we're live here at the Slipstream Studios. Welcome back to Dream Home Ninjas. We're talking about crappers. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Outhouse shitters. Before the break, we were talking a bit about maintenance and what our listener at home, what you can do about your crapper to keep it good. Yes, we were. And the problems you might face, how to detect them. Right. You don't want to rock. Toilet. A good way to test that too, if you're not sitting on it, you can't sit on it and rock. You actually stand there with your legs straddling the toilet and rock back and forth with your legs. And if that toilet rocks, moves back and forth, you need to make sure that you call a plumber. Yeah. Or if you check out DIY stuff online, give it a try. But you always can run into jeopardy of leaking down below if it's not done right, right. and causing damage. Yeah, messing up the wax ring when you're resetting it if you do use a wax ring. Yep. And you don't want to use that waxless seal when it was wax on the old toilet because it won't seal, it won't stick to the toilet. You want to make sure that oh. the, like the wax-free is on a very clean surface. Okay. So you have to scrape all that wax off and then you have to scrub it. Use some, some kind of cleaner to clean it off to be able to do that. I want to talk about the cock at the base of the toilet <laughs> with an LK at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Definitely. What's your thoughts? What do you think? 
Well, I've heard multiple ways on this. I've seen multiple times where it's been cocked all the way around and that becomes a big problem because the first fail point of the wax ring, you've just killed your first notice. Now, the only way you're going to find out is when it's coming down from the ceiling below. Mm -hmm. But coming from two guys who this is what they do for a living... And we're going to duke it out because <laughs> one of us don't like using cock and the other one does. Okay. <laughs> and and I will just step right into it. I will only cock a toilet if a customer would like that. I always bring it up when I'm setting a toilet or anything like that. I typically will not cock a toilet. Now, the certain circumstances, I will. Depending if the floor's on level, what the collar's looking like, there's different things that are going on. And every plumber's opinion is different on this. Correct. Okay, so there is no right way. In some parts of the United States, it is required you cock. Oh, really? There's guys that grout toilet. I have seen that. Where it's grouted in. I don't like that. For what we're talking about, caulking the base of a toilet, my personal preference is I like to do from the bolts mm-hmm. forward. Okay. Because if somebody misses, it's going to roll down the toilet and roll underneath your toilet, and you're going to have piss underneath your toilet. Zing. Number two... If the toilet leaks in the front, it's not going underneath there. If it does leak from the base of the toilet at the wax ring or with the seal mm-hmm. at the base of the toilet, it will roll out the back of it if you caulk only forward. And also, when you have porcelain against tile or stone, it's two slick surfaces. There's a lot more chances if those bolts loosen up, and depending on what kind of bolts you use, whether it's plastic or metal bolts, that the, that's a whole nother That's a whole nother controversy. Yeah, yeah. But if you caulk it, there's a lot less chances, even if those bolts loosen up, that it's the toilet's going to move. Okay. This is my mindset, and this is why I do it. When I caulk the toilet, I don't go from the bolts forward. I usually go from the back point of the toilet. I usually leave maybe about three, four inches around that curve there, all the way around. It depends on what you're going to use. I usually like to use clear so you really can't see right. it. And I do a very, very thin bead of caulk around it. Yeah. What about in the case of uh, where you have to have shims underneath of there to keep it from rocking? There's different texture floors, unless you're getting a nice, solid piece of marble. Depending on application is the best rule of thumb. Okay. You know, kind of go per application, depending right. on what right. kind of surface you're on, what kind of toilet. When you do have a problem or you do have a professional come in, you can always ask their advice. The newer toilets, with the newer technology, they're allowing water to move faster through the toilet to be able to move those solids through, to clean the bowl properly. So the newer technology, that's why I say sometimes these older toilets are not worth putting the couple dollar flapper in. You can get calcium buildup in it. There's little holes all the way around the rim of your toilet that's underneath you. That's what creates that swirl on the older toilets. Oh. There's a bunch of holes at the very bottom of the toilet rim at the top, and those will get plugged up with sediment, calcium, that kind of stuff, and that actually degrades the quality or flush. Also, internally inside the trap, if you have a siphon jet, which is the hole at the bottom that shoots like toward the big opening in the back of the toilet, Mm -hmm. that can get plugged up with stuff, especially the older ones had smaller holes, Mm -hmm. a siphon jet hole. Calcium builds up. Calcium builds up in there. If you're looking at new toilets, there are a lot of different options out there, different ways they flush. I would look at reviews for sure. Just don't believe that they can flush 30 golf balls. (laughs) And how many people are putting golf balls? Consumer Reports has very, very good ratings on toilets. Well, and generally you want to ask your professional plumber what they think. Plumbing professional, not home center professional. Mm -hmm. Because they just know what they've been told. A lot of them are just a sales guy. 
Right. And then there's different heights of toilets. You got the regular standard height. You got comfort height now. But the comfort height I've heard is not only bad for your knees, just as you age getting up and actually doing that additional workout, it makes you lazier. So your knees are actually more likely to go. Depending on your age and life for that. If you're younger, don't go with a comfort height toilet. I really don't recommend yeah. it or do with a squatty potty. That, that is definitely a good idea. Because you do want your legs up to be able to evacuate properly. Yeah, because most people don't know the, the proper position for naturally taking a crap. Right. Well, think about how the cavemen used to do it. They used to just squat. Yeah. And there's lots of places in the world that still does that. They squat to, to go to the bathroom. You'll see that the two footprints and a hole in the ground. Everybody laughs about it. Those people, they're 90 years old and they can still move. Yeah. Our age in America, we've been so pampered that we have chair height toilets now. Yeah. We're staying at the same level. We're not exercising and moving our joints as far as they, they should go. And that's where people have these knee problems. Like and also, too, you know, the comfort height consideration is handicap accessible. People in wheelchairs, it needs to be higher. Then They oh, need to yes. grab bars. They need all of that. They were ADA toilets before they became comfort height. Yeah. They are the same They're toilet. The exact same. It's just ADA <laughs> height, yeah. Or universal height is Toto, which is awesome that they're calling universal height, but now Asians using the same kind of toilets that we've been using are having the same kind of problems with their knees. Getting a new toilet, is that something that our listeners should be concerned with? I would say consider it, and I would say don't buy the cheap toilet. If you see a $100 toilet, be very weary because it's not going to flush very good for you. Actually buy a toilet that is 200 plus dollars and you're going to get something better, more decent. That's just the cost of the toilet. And depending on who you're working with, they got to have a markup on it if you're not buying it from a home center. And definitely one of these episodes one day we'll talk about home center versus wholesaler because there are some differences there. Well, it's coming to the end, boys. Thank you for listening to Dream Home Ninjas here on 21.6 The Net coming to you from Slipstream Studios. Take care. Bye-bye.